When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, Sinn Féin has been branded totalitarian after failing to reveal the voting breakdown from the party's vice presidential election. This is the Ardesh over the weekend. Uh, the upper bands MLA, John O'Dowd, he was unsuccessful in an attempt to overthrow Michelle O'Neill as number two in the party. But we have no idea at all how the vote actually went. Was it there, was there just like one vote between them or numerous votes? Um, it's Sinn Féin's way of doing things. And many people would say for 2019, it's a bit of a bizarre approach. Let me speak to John Tong, Professor of Politics. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Parties are well entitled, of course, to carry out ballads as they see fit, as they as they wish to. But it sort of sows a seed of disquiet, doesn't it? The people looking in tend to think, oh, there's something wrong there if they're keeping all that so quiet. Or is that unfair? No, I think it's perfectly fair. It was a very, very, very strange way to do business. Uh, I don't see the logic of it. It, Sinn Féin ostensibly is a democratic party which allows challenges to uh, leadership positions uh, on an annual basis. Uh, So John O'Dowd decided to throw his hat in the ring and challenge Michelle O'Neill. Now, that might have been awkward, and particularly once an election was called, there might be an argument for suspending the rules and, and calling off challenges during an election period. But once the contest was underway, I think you're on a bound to provide the result to party delegates at least. I mean, I was there at the Ardèche and it's, it's not about providing information for the entertainment or enjoyment of academics or journalists or other curious people, but in terms of the party delegates, those who, you know, put a lot of work and invest a lot of time into the party, I think they're probably entitled to know the results and, and to know what percentage of the vote Michelle O'Neill got and what percentage John O'Dowd got. It was a very curious contest because Sometimes internal leadership contests can be good for a party because they make people think about what the prospectus is for that party. Uh, you know, an honest exchange of ideas, an honest, an honest debate. But this time, no uh, public canvassing was allowed, so people didn't really get to hear the, the, their respective ideas for the development of Sinn Féin. So, you know, the contest was conducted in secrecy and the count was enveloped in an even greater level of, of secrecy in terms of the results. So, you know, I'm not sure that they would necessarily conduct business in the same way in future. I think there's an opportunity now for Sinn Féin to reflect and may, maybe have a different system. And yeah. I'm not sure you should necessarily have a contest where, the, you know, where positions are up every year. I mean, you, once someone is put in post, like Michelle O'Neill, maybe they should be, used to be on a, a biannual or 
every three years have, have potentially a contest. Yeah, there's certainly never, they look like a party that's never going to wash their dirty linen in public. If they do sure. have a problem, uh, and of course there may be no problem whatsoever, but because they're not crystal clear in how they do things, more questions tend to be asked. If there had been a, a clear majority for Michelle O'Neill, you would have said, right, there's the score, and you move on and you pass no more remarks on it. As for having no hustings, no social media debates, no vote for me, don't vote for her type run up run up to it how, how unusual is that it, it does sound like as if there's a big boss and that you have to do what the big boss says well it does appear that way and it overshadowed what I mean I was there in uh, in, in Derry for a couple of days of, of the Sinn Féin out there she, and it was otherwise a, a successful conference in many ways quite a vibrant very lively conference very active conference as you'd expect in an election period but you know the headlines this morning are generally about this contest that never was as, as it were because of the mystery uh, over it and i think there is a need for greater transparency i mean i'm not sure about the level of democracy you know in, in other parties i mean you know the dup's never had a, any sort of a leadership contest but i think there's yeah it's, it's sort of old school Sinn Féin where it was much more conspiratorial uh, given you know Sinn Féin's uh, uh, <laughs> other links shall we say so I think it was it was a relic or a legacy of that, and I think you know in future, I think there's probably a need for, for greater transparency, which you know it's not damaging for the party. If John O'Dowd wants to wants to stand, and he's a figure of stature, and he, let's remember he's a you know a, a candidate uh, for Sinn Fein, then you know I think I think probably the party's on a bound really to to publicise the result. I mean maybe party took the view that if the result was close, it would be rather embarrassing, and Michelle O'Neill could only get 55% of the vote, compared to, say, John O'Dowd's 45%. And that's the problem, you see, the speculation won't go away, because the result was never made public. And as I say, it's not, it's not about, you know, entertaining journalists or, or academics who might, certainly, you know, some journalists might obsess about splits within a party, but I think in terms of, you know, at least informing the membership uh, how it's gone. I think there's probably a duty there, at least. What, what does it say about Michelle Gildernew, who's also a candidate, and the, the, the fact that she was with O'Dowd, and do, do we read into that that she, she doesn't get on with O'Neill? Well, it's impossible to read anything into it. This is, this is the, the, the thing, because we don't know what the basis of John O'Dowd's, John O'Dowd's challenge was, and we don't know what the alternative prospectus he might have been offering for Sinn Féin was. Now, I can understand why Sinn Féin would not want a contest during an election campaign. And like I say, I think there's a perfect, there would have been a perfectly logical argument for Sinn Féin to say, OK, there is a, a challenge here for the vice presidency, but uh, under party rules, this is suspended because we are now in an election campaign. Okay? Um, because you don't want an internal contest, a divisive potentially internal contest, when you're trying to fight seats. I mean, the, the Ardesh took place in foil, where Sinn Féin are trying to cling on for dear life. They've only got a majority of 169. Um, so we, we, we don't know which of the other big names aligned with John Dowd, and we don't know what John, what John O'Dowd was, was offering that would be any different from... Um, from Michelle O'Neill. I mean, they're, you know, they're both committed to, they're both committed Irish Republicans, they're both committed to Irish unity, they uh, have put in lots and lots of work for Sinn Féin, and they're both popular, as, as the Ardesh at the conference showed at the weekend, they're both popular, they've both got very good receptions from 
uh, the assembled delegates. So <laughs> it's, a, it's one of the most bizarre sort of contests or non-contests that I've ever come across, to be frank. The, another reason that they're in the headlines today is Alicia McCallion, who's also a candidate and who's a, a sitting MP. Um, when she was out canvassing, um, she told members of her uh, team to, you know, to be confident knocking the door, just tell the people you're not a debt collector. The, the idea that debt collectors might be coming to your house would be insulting to, to many people. But is there not a suggestion there that we've now got to a point where you can't open your mouth? Like, m- many's a person would say that, wouldn't they? Ah, oh, sure. You know, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not a debt collector, you know, or it's not the tech man. It's, it's turn of phrase or are people quite rightly uh, insulted? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think this is a really a big fuss or to be made about that. I mean, I, I remember donkeys years ago, and I was um, I was doing a PhD on the the anti poll tax movement in Glasgow, and I would I said to people, "Don't worry, I'm not the sheriff's officer, the, the Glasgow term or Scot- Scottish term for, for debt collector." It wasn't meant to be insulting to the people whose doors I was knocking on to ask questions about um, uh, about their payment of the poll tax. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can see why a quip like that might go wrong, but I don't. I don't think it's got. Likes that particular story. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, whatever your view of, of Sinn Fein, they are products of the community from which they, um, you know, they, they originated. Um, and you know, it's it's not as if they, they, these people are just parachuted in from from, uh, from elsewhere. I mean, they are part of that community anyway. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's too much of a story to be honest. That one, considering all the, the genuine election stories that there are uh, at the moment. Yeah. Well, one one final point to you, John. On. Over the weekend, the main headline tended to be Prince Andrew. Um, those who are trying to get their names into the news or get their policies across, will they have been disappointed that they almost lost a weekend of it? Yeah, and I think that, that was a problem for Sinn Féin at the weekend because, of course, normally they get um, a half an hour of Mary Lou Macdonald's speech and she gave a good speech on Saturday night, one of the most effective. I've, I've had to listen to some dreadful party leader speeches over the years across a whole range of conferences. That was actually a good speech on Saturday night, but it, it didn't get you know uh, any airtime, uh, any live airtime. It was only covered by uh, by RTE in the South because of the rules pertaining to general or any type of elections in in, um, uh, in, in the North. So, how much traction, you know, and how much notice people take of party conferences? Yes, I mean, party conferences are really about firing up the faithful, so they'll go out and campaign, and that's obviously very, very important at election time. So, Sinn Fein's delegates will have left the Millennium Theatre on Saturday evening fired up to go out and campaign in an election. How many people were watching? Uh, I mean, people, you know, they're, they're watching other stuff on, on, a, on a Saturday night anyway, even if it had been televised. I mean, you know, there's one half of the country agonising over Stephen Davis blasting a penalty miles over the bar and, you know, the, probably the other half of the population are doing, are out enjoying themselves on a Saturday night. So I'm not sure how much traction in terms of coverage party conferences get. But in terms of, you know, mobilising Sinn Féin's base to go out and campaign, and they've got some tough seats to, to defend or try and take, places like North Belfast, you know, that, I think, is probably the trick of a party conference. Is certainly the purpose of it, yeah. OK, John, thank you very much indeed. Professor uh, John Tong here on U105. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.